0: Welcome to the art and science of complex sales. You've joined us in the coaching quarter. This podcast is dedicated to elevating the sales profession. Our listeners range from first time salespeople to seasoned sales leaders and driven CEOs. They all come to learn from the best in the business as we interview top sales transformation specialists, go to market leaders, revenue thought leaders, and more with only one question on our minds how we get better together. This 12-episode quarter, brought to you by Membrane.com, will start to hone in on a key element in performance, sales coaching. Each of our guests speaks to this a bit differently and brings their own unique take, but all cover the topic, how to execute, and the exponential impact it makes. So let's start shining bright and get kicked off with today's guest. It's time to jam out today on this edition of the podcast. Joining me will be Paula S. White, music aficionado and top flight sales and executive coach. A communication expert and passionate revenue coach, Paula brings her love of music to the world through a groundbreaking coaching paradigm. She brings together leaders and teams to dive both into their side A and their side B communication skills so they can act more like a finely tuned band instead of a collection of individuals. By helping to unlock the power of true communication, trusting, respectful, understanding, and executable, she drives team performance in harmonic ways. So let's play a riff with Paula S. White. Paula, welcome to the Art and Science of Complex Sales.
1: I am so excited to be here. It is an amazing time to get with you, Paul. And <laughs> love the mm-hmm. name there. Get get uh, get real with people about what's happening.
0: P squared coming at you, Paul That's and Paula right. coming at you, and we're gonna. We are going to get real, I think. And that's one of the things I I got most excited about on this is really to dive down into coaching and what is needed and how we move the profession forward from your perspective and elevate it. The first thing that we have to start with, though, is I need Paula S. White to define sales for me.
1: Ha ha. Well, sales, if I take it through the lifetime for me, sales is actually making a connection, giving somebody what they want. And and you, in return, get what you want. So a product for exchange of money or Mm -hmm. service or any of that, because sales is happening all over the world. It's not just a sales career. Everything we do, we sell ourselves. We sell something. We sell all the time.
0: An exchange of value.
1: Exchange of value.
0: Perfect. Well, that and tell me how you got to that, because I think one of the things that'll be very, very great for the listeners is your history and background as we dive in. And then we're going to tie that to your passion and love for sales and music.
1: Yeah, perfect. So the first time that I really thought about selling. Was, well, let's let's back up a little bit. My dad was always in sales, and so when he would go to market or a trade show, I would polish his shoes, I would put his swatches in place, and he would talk to me about people and connecting. And um, then there was this time that I wanted this purple bicycle. It was for my thirteenth birthday. I wanted this. 10 speed purple bicycle. And my mom said no. Well, in sales, we never take no for an answer. So what do <laughs> we do? <laughs> so I went to my dad, and I described all the benefits, all the features, everything that it would do for me. And then I remembered what he said. It was about what somebody would do what it would do for somebody else. So I started talking to him about, you wouldn't have to pick me up from school. I could go to the pool without waiting and asking you for a ride and all of these things. And guess what? I got my purple bicycle. Nice. So that was my first step into sales. And then I, as I went to college, studied communications and went along that path, um, I really have a love for talking to people. And then I ended up in a travel agency and started selling travel. But the beautiful- Where did you go to
0: college? First off, I interrupted you, but I'm going to have to ask, where did you go to college?
1: University of Kentucky. Go Wildcats. Okay.
0: Kentucky girl. All right. All right. You're a Wildcat studying communication, and then you go straight from college to a travel
1: agency? I did. I went from, okay. straight from college to a travel agency. And what I found out there was, you know, it was really about asking the right questions. When people want to go on a honeymoon, if they love the beach, you're not going to send them to the mount- the snowy mountains. You've got to really understand what people want, what their dreams are. And, and, and there was a saying that comes about that I absolutely love. People buy on emotion and then justify it logically. You know, Absolutely. so you could really get those sales dollars up by giving them what they dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up in veterinary sales, uh, selling some software and then into healthcare. Really only had three or four sales jobs.
0: Okay, so you, three or four sales gigs, but you work your way up through and you become you, you become team leaders, you you have success in those. Tell me a little bit about, tell me a little bit about that.
1: So, you know, when I was working in sales, really insight sales was my passion. Mm -hmm. And that was because I got to see people daily. We got to talk on the phone. We got to do a lot of different things. And I worked my way up to team lead, to manager, to regional manager, to director of insight sales, running a $54 million region. And, uh, it tiny little region, tiny t- little region, small teensy beach. Tiny little ones, oh,
0: you should have hard. tried harder. <laughs> oh, come
1: on, <laughs> what am <I> in me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: kidding, I'm kidding. Sorry,
1: no, it's funny you say that because I was a, a competitive swimmer and I mm-hmm. find myself still today when I'm lined up at a traffic light. I want to be there. Get off the block, baby! That's right. I love it. I don't want anyone to pass me. So yeah, <laughs> competition sales—that all goes hand in hand. Amen. Amen. So, but what it ended up doing is my love for sales ended up giving me a love for coaching people. Uh, that's awesome,
0: and, and running that team, running that team. What was your? It comes through and talking to you, it comes through and talking to you outside of this, that that was one of your great loves is, is being able to do that. What what are some of the things? Coaching was one of the absolute massive Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Is that your favorite thing about, about leading sales teams?
1: It is. And now, it you know, after doing all of that, it's about giving people the opportunity to achieve their own dreams. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about coaching is really talking to people and understanding that, it's not about what I need them to do it's about what I want them to accomplish in life mm-hmm. and so I dive down deep into you know what are their goals what do people want and that is what is drives my passion well you've
0: you have two passions and I'm gonna uh, um, I'm gonna shut up after I ask this question and ask you to just kind of dive for a while which is. Music is one that you've told me about in a big way. And then uh, coaching is the other in sales, coaching and sales specifically in business. And you've taken those two and combined them. And uh, I was hoping you could really just dive down on your approach, how you're helping people, some of the things that you've you're learning and yeah. go wild on this. Cause I think it's fascinating and I'll, I'll interject with some questions, but I, I would love it if you just kind of explain, explain those passions and how they're dire- directing you to better coaching results.
1: <laughs> Perfect. So let me start first by how I connected the two of them. Mm -hmm. I was in Atlanta at a conference and my husband joined me because the Struts were playing. They are my favorite band of these past five years. They're up and coming and new and they were playing at this quaint venue. So I got VIP tickets so we could meet them. And I thought, well, VIP tickets, there are no assigned seats. We'll get seats up front. We'd get in early. So we got to this venue and we met them. And we were getting ready to go into, into find a seat. Well, at the time I was 55, 52, 55. I didn't know that the middle of the stage was called the mosh pit. No seats standing, <laughs> and so I looked at my husband and I said, Yeah, I can't stand for the full time here. <laughs> so we went under a rope barrier up to the balcony, got first row center stage, enjoyed the concert. However, mm. there was a moment in time that I looked down at the mosh pit, I looked at the band. I looked at the mosh pit and I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And I kept thinking, why can't leaders gain that kind of attention from their employees and vice versa? That passion going back and forth and that synergy. So that became my goal was to introduce how leaders and and employees and coaches and and team members could really impact each other through music.
0: That is uh, that's an amazing image. Well, I, I mean, I try and have mospits uh, regularly. Uh, whenever we get to whenever we get together, we generally yes, you, you generally find somebody bloody. I'm I'm only doing I'm crooning Sinatra at the front, so it's really weird. But uh,
1: (laughs) they're raising each other up and pushing each other in the middle. (laughs) But it's a cool
0: (laughs) image, yeah. No, that is a very cool image. Like, I mean, how do we how do we lead with that energy impact uh, towards a towards a great goal? Like, and and how do we build that rhythm and culture? That's a very cool. So what are you doing with that? What are you doing with that image? And how does that impact your coaching coaching? So
1: interestingly enough, I couldn't get my mind off of it. And Mm -hmm. I went home or went to the hotel that night. I couldn't sleep and I just, I got up and I started making these communication archetypes. What is the drummer's role and how would that impact the employee? What is the lead guitarist role and how would that impact the employee? And, Interesting. I when I got back home, I worked with a neuroscientist and a psychologist and a musician to create these 10 archetypes for communication. Because that is the number 1 coaching tip I can give you is if you have true communication, T trust, R respect, U understanding, you get E execution. So true communication, but in order to do that, you have to understand your own communication style. Let's take the drummer for a moment. What is the drummer's responsibility in the band? To keep rhythm, to keep beat, to keep the song moving forward. And where do they sit? They sit at the back and they sit and they see the whole big picture. Now, for a leader, that communication style taps into somebody who is forward-thinking, somebody who is always looking out for the greater good. And their communication is curiosity. They're always asking questions to keep everything moving forward. So that's how this all wrapped up. So for coaches and leaders, I help them understand their own communication style because if they're trying to be somebody else, you lose the trust, and you might as well forget the true communication. Because without trust, you don't have the respect, you don't have the understanding, and the execution can diminish.
0: I love that uh, Is it an acronym? T R U E. Yeah, uh, that's easy easy to remember, and I really. That's a good part of communication, uh, making that happen. That's wonderful. You found this as a passion project, obviously, Yeah. you don't just casually watch a band and see a mash mash put and then say, Oh yeah, I think I'm going to go on and develop, develop 10 archetypes and, uh, have, have a neuroscience get involved. I mean, like, so where did that come in for you? Like why, what made you just grab a hold of it so much?
1: Well, you know, what made me grab a hold of it so much was because everyone kept asking me what my secret sauce was. What's your secret sauce to accomplishment? Why are you growing 42 million in seven years? How did you grow 8 to 10% over a prior year in every industry that you were in? What was your secret sauce? And I was trying to explain it in corporate lingo. Mhm. I didn't understand it in corporate lingo. The true answer to it, true, was that I took care of the people. I took care of the sales reps. I made it personal with them. When during my coaching sessions, we didn't just check the box of what are you doing? What are your results? What are you, what's your pipeline? Mm -hmm. We really put active listening into it or what I call unexpected listening. We start off with general questions about how's your family or, you know, something personal. Um, What was your favorite concert you went to just recently? Something personal to break down that barrier and then get into the details of the business. Because it's important to have both what I call side A and side B. Side A from the old 45s, 1942, RCA developed these 45s. Side A was the popular hit. I think of these as your resume skills, right? Mm -hmm. These are the things that you put on your resume that people know who you are. But side B are your hidden hits. That was the unexpected song. You know, look at Kiss's Beth, that turned out to be one of their most popular songs. And it was just a riff off of a song that uh, Paul loved, gave for his wife, wrote for his wife. And it was a piano ballad, certainly not rock and roll Kiss. But the thing is, is we have to balance both. We have to have accountability with kindness we have to have discipline with determination to understand people understanding this i had to come up and define what was my communication style how could i let people how could i let my bosses know what i was doing
0: so, so now and that's i love this and and you have a book <laughs> a book out correct yep okay i, I Yep. Side B, remix your leadership style. Well, and I think one of the things I so appreciate about the approach is it's not necessarily about is your is your heavy focus on coaching and your heavy focus on your ability to understand yourself first before you could ever take. Before you can ever take uh, coaching to, to somebody
1: else. Right. Right. So to get the to get the results that are impactful, you can coach at any point. But to get mm. results that are impactful, you've got to really buy in to who you are as a communicator.
0: So are there any, do you mind going into a couple of these archetypes that you've developed? And I love, you already gave us the drummer, which is amazing, a couple more of them. And then a follow on question to that. So I'm giving you a long question, bad sales technique. Follow on question to that is, is there any that you see out there that you're like, you should not be a leadership, or you should not be a coach, or is it just is it figuring out and understanding yourself more and then bringing it in? I mean, so do you mind doing that?
1: I don't mind at all, okay. so what let's take uh the lead guitarist, okay, okay, what is their responsibility in the band? They do the riffs they are you see them on the guitar just you know, and mm-hmm. really. They have a lot of passion for their job, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at, and that's their side B, but if you look at their side A, they are very determined, right? So you've got determination and passion. And if you have both of those, then you can lead people with that, but understanding Am I going to be, you know, it's a balance, because if you have too much determination and too much passion, you're going to be a very blunt coach. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So you've got to have a little bit. You've got to balance that out. Um, you
0: become that coach. That's let me see if I could do the same thing. <laughs>
1: but by,
0: by playing that. Play,
1: you're always playing the
0: solo. Right. And telling others that, hey, just play the solo.
1: That's Right. There is no harmony within the band and each mm-hmm. player has their own harmony. They have their own rhythm, their own beat to come together as a cohesive entity. Love it. That's how love they it. work. Okay. So um, let's see. What's another one that you would love? Uh, the optimist. What does the lead singer do? What's the, what's the role of the lead singer? If I were just, ooh, I'm baiting here.
0: What, I'm, I'm a croon man. I'm out front. I'm, I'm, uh, I am the face of the band.
1: You're the face of the band, but you're also the face of the fans. Mm-hmm. Right. You're mm-hmm. leading them the direction that you want them to go. So as a lead singer, you're, Side A is really business acumen. You need to know where you need to go and how to get there. And how do you do that? By optimistic behavior, by motivating, by inspiring. And so that is our lead singer. (laughs) So
0: tell me about, because this is great. I love the theory. Absolutely love the theory. Theory into practice starts to become where we we want to take things right in terms of coaching and, and leveraging it. So tell me about how you're working with people on an ongoing basis um, and some of the potential results that you're getting with it. Cause I, I think it's just, it takes, I love the language. Cause it's not the sales language. I love it. You know, it, it just takes a completely different approach. How are things going?
1: Things are going amazingly because here, here's one thing. So when I did the true communication, for trust. What's the first thing that you've got to be able to do in trust? You've got to be able to listen. So we talk about the four zones of listening. Respect. So that in and of itself is really important because the way that we listen to music is the way we listen to people. So if I can show people how to listen in four zones and how to move fluidly through those, their, their attention span grows and their intention on communication with people gets greater. And it just by understanding the four zones of listening, people have increased their sales only because... I'm not going to say increase their sales because I don't have a number on it, but I have heard from people That things are, things are moving forward. They are moving up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I don't want to give a false number. I don't want to give anything that, that is out there, um, inaccurately. But when I've talked to leaders that have gone through these four zones of listening, it's like a magic light bulb and that magic light bulb has moved their, their sales high into the right.
0: So that's the T. What about? And then the, the, the R and the U and the.
1: Yeah, So the R, respect is really about the power of your words. Motivating, inspiring, discipline, accountability. How to use those words to help people understand the direction they need to go in a positive manner rather than demeaning people. Today's world, people are walking on eggshells. They put on masks. Sales used to be fun. And now there is no joy after day 30 because you start right back over day 1.
0: That's a re- Let's dive into that. Can we stop on everything else and just dive into that? Yeah. Okay. Sales used to be fun. Now oh, there's no joy. That that's a huge observation. Yeah. Paula go. Like what 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 makes you say that?
1: Well, think about think about 20 years ago before the internet, before efficiencies, before tracking, before all these things that corporate used to do. You had the autonomy as a salesperson, you had the accountability as a salesperson to go and get a handshake, not a quote. At that point, it was a handshake because a handshake meant something. And now with dashboards and this and that, we are driving people to burnout, to be afraid that Big Brother is watching, not that we're doing anything wrong, but there's no sense of trust. There's no sense of respect for an adult to get the job done. But boy, if you're hitting your number on day 30, you are amazing. And we kudos you and give you the congratulations. But day one, that on the next month, that all erases. And in comes the dashboard, in comes the comments, in comes the, the, the drive to overachieve. Our quotas are set not to be a stretch quota anymore, but quota to really drive the sales beyond what a human can do.
0: I love the way you put that. Cause I've had a lot of discussions relative to comp plans. I've had a lot of discussion discussions relative to, um, making sure you get them right. And I've, the other thing I've had a ton of discussions around, I mean, being in technology, I am in the technology business. I track a lot of these numbers and I'm a part of, uh, helping organizations assembly line their sales, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I think one of the things I've found, and you say the last 20, one of the things I've found in the last 20 years is that that assembly line approach, while it's given some efficiency benefits, it is not given the effectiveness benefits that were promised. And it is also, it's degraded the overall ability to to actually create the relationship side of sales and turned off a lot of customers. And so there is a cool rebalancing that's going on right now. Which I'm fine, and I I hear that like for, in your voice, like that's and, and what you're saying, this needs to happen. There's a cool rebalancing, and if you follow guys like Andy Paul on LinkedIn and others, that it's like, how do we drive? Dr. Dover is another one. How do we drive the human and the leadership aspect back into this while keeping the same efficiencies? Yeah, we don't want to destroy those, but we can't ignore anymore. What's what is so evident.
1: That um, is so true. And the how you do that is through true communication, building that trust, respect, and understanding to ultimately get that execution. I want you to think of your favorite mentor, coach, um, somebody that you grew up admiring and would run through walls for. What did they do for you? They taught they you. They were there. Yeah, they, they expected you to get the results. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a story. My favorite swim coach, who is my only swim coach because I couldn't co- I I couldn't swim with anyone else because I followed him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Scott, Coach Scott and he's listed in my book. He said, Paula, I uh, entered you into the 50 meter butterfly. And that's a stroke in the in swimming. Mm-hmm. And I've never swam butterfly. I did and work out and practice. And he, you know, coached me through, you know, my arm strokes, keeping my knees together, my feet, all of those things, you know, did that. And I said, I've never swam that into me. He said, I believe in you. I know you can do this. Just keep your knees together and keep your feet moving. So I sat in the bullpen, which is races lined up, ready to go before you get onto the block. Keeping my knees together and moving them up and down to keep my feet. My nerves were going. The adrenaline. I did not want to disappoint him. I knew he believed in me to do this for some reason. I didn't know why. But it was my turn up on the block. The gun went off and I dove in, swam back and forth and beat the pool record in the 50 butterfly. And you know what he did? Wallet in all, he jumped in the pool with me. Oh, now that is a coach. That is a leader, somebody yep. who knows what you can do. Who gives you the experiences to do it, and lead you through it by belief, and that's what we're missing today.
0: I that is a uh, it brings me back to my my high school days of swimming. Like, so I had my first my first two years of my uh, best swim coach I ever had. And the reason exactly, the reason exactly he was the best swim coach I ever had. He was really hard on me. He was yeah. but he, he was hard, but kind. He cared about me. I could tell, yeah. right? um Eric, Coach Eric. Like I saw him, I saw him, hadn't seen him in 25 years. And I saw him at a meet the other day, or not the other day, but about a year ago with my, uh, he was watching his daughter swim and my nephew was swimming. And I just went up and gave him a huge hug. Like, love this dude. Spent two years <laughs> of my life with him. Would do anything for him same type of stuff. Like was just so passionate about, about me getting better. And it wasn't anything about him.
1: And then that I is so that's the yeah. point right there.
0: Yeah. And the, the the flip side, I had the next two and I'm not going to name names here, but the flip side, I had, I, I had terrible coaches. Mm-hmm. And what I did was always a reflection of them. Exactly. Right. So if I didn't perform, it reflected negatively on them. And I was a, a P word or a, you know, whatever they, whatever expletive that wanted to come out of the mouth. I love this because it's, it's, we got to drive that level of self-understanding and ability to be independent. So you can be interdependent into our coaches today. Mm-hmm. And I, we really that is work so
1: true. That. And, and, and here's the thing you said you were labeled. Well, we label ABC and D players, right? Mm-hmm. They know yeah. that. It's not a surprise to them. Mm-hmm. And and what you want to do as a coach is to get them to run through those walls. But in order to do that, you have so many other things going on. And this is what I coach on as well. You asked how I do this through music and coaching. I ask leaders to come up with their own specific playlist. Mm-hmm. One that is going to, you know, put just 10 songs on it. One song that is going to calm down their nerves. One song that's going to motivate them. One song that's going to get them into a focus mode. Because what we know about music and being a universal language is that music is the only thing that can change your mood in three minutes. I didn't know that. It's the only thing that can change your mood within three minutes. When you are having a bad day and a song comes on that you total, let's say Rocky, you know, the theme from Rocky, ding,
0: ding, and all ding, of a ding, sudden ding, you're ding, imagining ding, this ding, bad ding, day. Ding, exactly.
1: You're imagining this bad day going, you know what? I'm going to run up those Philadelphia Museum stairs. Mm hmm. Just like that.
0: I love that. I got to pull out my playlist, Got it going. So we have been all over the map, and I am <laughs> truly, truly, uh, yeah. truly, truly appreciative. By the way, there is a great line. I, this just hit me. A great line in a movie. I have kids. I have three kids. It's called the movie Shazam, and there's this scene where where the the superhero and the kid are sitting at the top of the rocky steps, and the guy goes, guy goes, man, what a great view. I could totally get why Rocky was training so hard to get all the way up here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is good. I loved it.
0: Anyhow, how do people find you, Paula? And um, how do they get in touch if they're interested in your stuff?
1: You know, my website, obviously, paulaswhite.com, LinkedIn at Paula, you know, Paula S. White. Um, They can LinkedIn. I am on... Instagram. I'm on Facebook and YouTube. You can find out more about the characters on my YouTube channel. Nice. There's music that goes with all of them and six songs I wrote. So that's, you know, about my passions for the book. They're all in the book. But um, I think the best thing to do is just reach out, DM me on LinkedIn or I have my Uh, email on my about page so email me all
0: right well dm that's what all the crazy kids are saying these days right isn't that direct message wait
1: (laughs) i have a whole uh i have a whole series coming out in november about how our communication has gone from being actually eloquent to brb dm
0: I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, if that's an email, put me on that email. How are you getting that
1: out, by the way? It's going to be all on LinkedIn. I have a okay. whole series coming out on LinkedIn about communication and where the past, where we are today, and what we need to do to get back to the humanity of business.
0: Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Paula. It's been an honor, a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, everybody, get in touch with Paul. Buy the book. Buy the book. It would be amazing. And uh, we'll make sure that we put that link in the the podcast. And with that, we'll say um, thank you so much for listening. Keep shining bright and have an amazing day. We're signing off from the Art and Science of Complex Sales. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Art and Science of Complex Sales. Please take a moment, like, subscribe, share this podcast on all your favorite platforms, and let's get the word out. This podcast is proud to be brought to you by Membrane.com. We are the world's top B2B sales platform, and in the world of B2B sales, with everything from prospecting to business acquisition to managing complex growth, Membrane has the right size technology for your sales team. Our latest innovation, the coaching cockpit, empowers your leaders, managers, and team with the information and tools they need to take their skills to the next level and to take advantage of the exponential power of effective sales coaching. With our technology and the top team of sales partners around the world, Membrane is helping to achieve our driving vision. This is, quite simply, elevating the sales profession. To learn more, find us at www.membrane.com, that is M E M B R A I N.com, or contact us via email at salesmembrane.com. Keep shining bright and have a wonderful day.